The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I thought I'd share with you eight ways to unblock the blockages you may have that are causing friction and constriction for your wealth building. So eight areas where you can increase your wealth and riches by removing the common blockages. Now, I've been studying money for 15 years properly. I mean, I suppose I did when I was young. Um, and I've read pretty much every book on money that I could find on Amazon and Audible in those 15 years. Studied uh, dozens of billionaires, interviewed many billionaires myself. I think we've got the ninth and 10th billionaires booked um, for my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur, coming soon. Now, by the way, someone said, well, why billionaires? What's so great about billionaires? Well, what's great about billionaires is they know how to make billions. They know how to generate billions. They know how to create value where the fair exchange reward is billions. It's not that they're a better or worse person. It's just that's what they've learned how to do. Uh, I was in a lot of debt. I was probably, well, I was nearly 50,000 pounds in consumer debt, which meant credit cards, a car loan, debt built up from university, etc. Uh, and I was just turning 26 when that um, peaked or troughed, if you like. And then I managed to turn that round. And in um, just b- between age 30 and 31, I became a millionaire, which back then was a, an important target for me. It was part of my own personal journey and growth. Now, you know, my, my me becoming a hundred millionaire or a billionaire is not. It, it, I'll accept that if that's the result of the value I create on this planet. Um, but it's not really my main goal anymore. It's more about creating value and serving others and scaling and um, taking my vision and mission to the global stage, which is to help as many people on the planet get a better financial education and to start and scale their business. Now, many of these, I've, I've picked what I believe to be maybe the most common eight areas where wealth is blocked. Um, uh, and hopefully you can tick some off and then cross some off and then get rid of some. So the first one is not having a long-term viable wealth strategy. Uh, Many people have gimmicky, short-term, get-rich-quicky, distracting, um, procrastinating, task-jumping ideas and ideals for creating wealth. Uh, Now, you know, compounding was said to be one of the eight, maybe the eighth wonder of the world. I think it was Einstein that said that. And whilst you can get rich quicker than I think you could do, I don't know, even 30, 40 years ago, let's say pre-internet, because we're more connected more globally and there's less friction. Um, if you think about the speed of money has increased, the velocity has increased through the internet, fiber optics, social media, how more connected we are globally. They, they used to say it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And then that kid, Ryan, um, did 26 million in his YouTube channel, dollars, um, at age seven, I think. So he busted that myth. But the point is, it doesn't take quite as long now to become vastly wealthy because of the speed at which money can flow. Um, but it, you know, you have to set to forget. 
and you have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. Uh, and a lot of people, because they don't have a clear vision and mis- mission, they're not certain or clear, what they do is that they um, procrastinate, they get frustrated, they get distracted, they jump on anything and everything. They have unrealistic ideals, they have fantasies, they fall for things that are maybe a bit gimmicky in short term because they don't have anything that's long term or clear, whether that's a vision, a mission, a purpose. So um, do you have a wealth building strategy? Um, that's number one. If you're watching the live, put it in the comments, please. Do you have a wealth building strategy? Number two, is it a long-term viable wealth building strategy? For example, property or some kind of business that you're passionate about, a profession that's viable and been proven or a new market that looks disruptive um, and therefore the opposite of gimmicky or get rich quickie or transient or flippant or a new shiny penny. Now, um, vision, mission, certainty and clarity. Uh, let, let's repeat those. Vision, mission, certainty and clarity. They will help you have a long term plan. But vision, mission, certainty and clarity aren't a wealth building strategy. Property, your um, e-commerce business, um, having a successful podcast and running ads and having sponsors and partners, they're wealth building strategies. Um, but, you know, what is your vision? And, you know, I've stated mine many times to help you maybe uh, state your own. Your mission is what you will do on a daily, weekly, monthly and yearly basis to get closer to that vision. And then are you certain that that is the right path? And are you clear of the path and the steps to go along the path? And I want to thank whoever's just given me 480 stars. You're very kind, but it hasn't popped up yet. So when your name pops up, I'll give you a shout out. If anyone wants a shout out for your business, your brand, your website, your podcast, your Facebook group, your product, your service, hit me up with 500 stars. I'd love to help you. Okay, then the second area to unblock wealth is to overcome your um, money eroding wealth emotions. So, for example, consumerism, retail therapy, lack of patience, boredom, guilt, shame, remorse, all these emotions um, can erode your wealth. I'll give you an example that most people, no one talks about this, but I reckon boredom is a really big damager of long-term wealth because what do most people do when they're bored long enough? Something they shouldn't. (laughs) They mess up something that's working. Impatience can really kill your wealth. Let's say you're feeling really down and you might spend money to feel up. Let's say you're up, you might spend money to celebrate. But that's fine as long as you have an automated process for money management and you're spending, um, you know, play money or disposable income, which is step four, by the way. Um, but our emotions will erode wealth. Let's say we get really angry and lash out. Let's say we get hurt. Let's say we get really damaged and we go and hide and we play small and we don't want to show ourselves to the world. All these emotions are linked to money in some way and will erode your wealth. So managing those emotions, you know, clear vision, mission, understanding that your purpose and path um, is viable, that you're going to stand up and stand out and do meaningful work and help as many people as you can. You'll take the highs and the lows, the ebbs and the flows along the way. You'll take the praise and the criticism equally. When you're feeling emotional and wobbly, you won't go and waste money and break um, viable money systems and processes. Uh, and certainly in my life, I've struggled with money emotions, which means um, that, you know, I've looked to retail therapy or I've I'm not been able to sustain boredom long enough and I've broken and gone and bought something online that I couldn't afford and put it on credit. 
Um, you know, oh, my life is terrible. I want a holiday that I can't afford. And then that's on the credit card. And then you come back and then the holiday's forgotten. And then the credit card comes in and depression hits in again. So then you go and spend again. And um, this is really damaging. Um, I'll come back to that in some of the, the, the further points. So point three then is having a high value and focus on asset and wealth building and a non-fantasy focus. So basically, money is quite important to you and or your strategy and vision and values are important to you and you're prepared to accept money in fair exchange. So some people just, when you ask them what's important to them, there's no wealth building strategy uh, and there's nothing about money on their values. Now, money will tend to circulate from those who value it least to those who value it most. Let me say that again. Money will circulate from those who value it least to those who value it most. I.e., Those who value money least and they value other things over and above money, like experiences or emotions or material items or whatever, or addictions, what they will do is they will give their money to the producers um, and the producers who value money, i.e. they will um, create a good product and service, they will put that out to the message with good marketing, they will tell a great story, they will have a fair exchange where they will accept money um, and there will be a profit margin in it and then they will take that profit margin and reinvest it and save and invest and grow and compound their wealth. So if you look at people, if you look at economies, um, if you look at you know, the globe, money tends to flow from those who value money least to those who value money most. So when you put a higher value on money, i.e. the good that money can do, how it can serve you, how it can build your legacy, how it can aid you towards a greater vision mission, um, then you will retain more of it. You will manage it well. You will um, transcend those um, flippant, transient emotions of money. Um, and some people think having a high value on money is somehow bad or greedy or that you've changed or you'll be judged or there's something wrong with that. There isn't um, because money is nothing other than a universal mechanism of exchange of value. Money is the uh, democratically agreed universal exchange of value, which we as a globe perceive is better than barter or salt or sardines, or cigarettes, or stones, or whatever else in the past past we've used to more um, conveniently um, exchange products and services. That's all, well, actually, there's three other definitions of money, which I go through in my book, Money. It's a, a unit of an account and a measure of worth. But what it isn't is greed. What it isn't is power. Um, it isn't good or bad. It isn't right or wrong. So when you transcend your emotions, ethics, values and morals that you place onto money and you go to a higher level of understanding of money and you put a high value on it because of the tool that it is and the leverage that it creates. And then you link it to a clear vision and values, i.e. money helps me towards a meaningful vision um, that I am certain and clear about that is long term, that helps others equally to myself. And I've created a fair exchange environment Then bang, um, more money will flow to you. Okay, the fourth area where you can unblock uh, your wealth is to have a process for your money management, an automated structure. So people are often just having money go in their bank and then spending it willy-nilly. Willy there is no budgeting. They're not tracking 
their um, spending to earning ratio. Um, most people are spending 100% plus of what they earn. Some people 120%, some people 150%, which of course is going to make you more and more and more in debt. Um, whereas what you want to do is track everything you spend every month, have an automated direct debit system where maybe um, 5% to start with of your income from all sources goes into your save and never touch account, SANT, which I talk about a lot in... This book there, money. Um, and then you have uh, maybe another 5% that goes into your savings that will turn into investment. Um, and then maybe you have another 5% that goes into your investment low to high risk. Um, I've talked a lot about um, all the different money bucketing systems and where you can put your money in money. So I'll leave it to that. Um, and actually, there's probably an episode or two on my money podcast, which um, this live video, I'm also recording it for a podcast. This is going to go on my money podcast. Um, people who like my money podcast love my money podcast, but a lot of people who listen to me on The Disruptive Entrepreneur don't even know I have a second podcast. So when you have boredom and frustration and guilt and shame and, you know, uh, high fantasy emotions, if you've got money around you and in your hands and in your bank, you're going to go and spend it and throw it away and give it away. And I've met so many people like this. Whereas if you have an automated process of money management and money bucketing, which moves your money into certain pots and you're tracking and budgeting and you've gone from 100% spending earning ratio to you're only spending 80%, 70%, 50%. I reckon if you can get to 50%, you could, you could grow vast wealth with the eighth wonder of the world, which is compounding. Even if you only earn three grand a month, let's say, but you spend 1500 a month and the other 1500 a month is saved or invested. That compounded over five years, 10 years, 20 years is going to be a significant amount of money. So it's not really about the amount of money. It's the behavior and the process because that creates compounding momentum and then velocity and then scale. Compounding momentum, velocity, scale in, in that order, probably. OK, the fifth area where we can unblock your wealth is having a good relationship with money understanding the nature of money and learning to love money. So a lot of people have really bad relationships with money. You know, maybe they have guilt, they have shame. They have some um, things that their mum and dad said to them or the media or the environment or, um, you know, their, their influences. Money is bad. It's greed. It's power. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money will change you. Um, and, uh, you know, life isn't about money. It's not all about money. Um, which it isn't, but it doesn't mean it can't be some about money. So when you learn to love and understand money, so, you know, the nature of money is it loves to flow. Um, it, it hates friction and loves speed. Um, there's it, The value of money is just not on the individual unit, but the amount of times it flows, which in economy, economics on a basic level is known as GDP. Um, and I call it your GDP in my book, Money. Uh, what's your GDP? Not just how much money you make, not just how much money you save, but how much money flows through you. Um, because one 20, I haven't got any money on me, <laughs> skin, <laughs> um, but one 20 pound note could get exchanged 10,000 times. So that value of that one 20 pound note isn't just 20 pounds, it's 20 times 10,000. Um, learn to love money and the great things that it does. Learn to do good things with it. If you've had a bad relationship with money, think about the good things you can do with money for yourself, for your family, for your community, for your county, for your country, for your continent, for your planet and, and at an intergalactic scale. 
Okay, money doesn't judge, money isn't moral, money isn't right, money isn't wrong, money isn't good, money isn't bad. Uh, Money is money. You are good, you are bad, you are moral, you are right, you are wrong. And so really, the values upon which you perceive money to have are a mirror and a reflection of your own values. All right, number six then is to learn to manage your own money. There's a lot of people who are using IFAs, not criticizing IFAs, that's their job. They, if there was no such thing as IFAs, then there would be no such thing and they would be evolved out of society. I believe that things that are needed in humanity are here and things that aren't are extinct. So, um, but I really believe that you shouldn't be um, 100% giving your the responsibility of managing your own money to someone else. By all means, get advisors, financial advisors, wealth advisors, people who are wealthy themselves, by the way, and not just incentivized by high commissions. Um, but you should learn to manage and master and understand your own money. Do you know about saving, investing? Do you know about compounding? Um, do you understand the nature of money? Do you um, understand the different levels of risk? Do you understand um, you know, physical assets versus um, you know, do, do, do you maximize your ISAs every year? Do you understand when you can, where you can get tax free savings and investments? Do you understand low, medium and high risk strategies? Do you understand how much of your um, wealth you should, you should apportion into low, medium and high risk strategies? Um, so yeah, learn to manage your own money because then you've got no one else to blame, but then you're also fully responsible. So when you win, it's on you. When you lose, it's on you and you take responsibility and you fix it. Um, And also, you're not going to screw yourself, whereas someone else who you give your money to, there is that potential. So something to think about there. All right. Number seven, then, is the the real big blockage of money is people not really believing they deserve it, that that they they experience shame, they experience guilt, they compare themselves to others, they self depreciate, they subordinate, they pedestalize others. They They don't have a feeling of financial worth. And so what happens when money does come to them, because it does, because it flows, because it loves to flow, is they will just um, repel it. They either won't accept high enough fees. They'll give stuff away for free. They'll take money, but then they'll spend it or they'll give it away or they'll you know, donate it. Um, and they just can't retain it um, because ultimately, unconsciously, they feel they don't deserve wealth. Now, one of the differences between people who aren't very wealthy um, let's call it developing world, developed world wealth, because obviously there's a lot of people in the developing world that don't even have any opportunities. So developed world wealth, where people um, aren't wealthy, they're poor or they're skint. Um, the difference between them and billionaires, or one of the main differences, is the level of deserving. So a billionaire has a very high level of deserving and wealth, i.e., um, you know, if you think about a, 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 almost like a financial thermostat, I think T. Harvecker talked about that in his book, um, I forgot, I've got to read it 15 years ago now. I think it's um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I think that was where I heard, first heard about this analogy to a, a, a thermostat. Um, and a billionaire's thermostat level, they can, they can take a lot of heat. You know, it's, it's really high. Um, that Their wealth ceiling is, you know, really high um, because they ultimately believe that they deserve it or that they can do good with it or that they're worthy of the opulence, the wealth and all the trappings that it brings or that they know that they could create and value and difference and change on a, on a disruption on a on a global scale. Now, that's by the way, this isn't right or wrong. This is not a universal quantifier and, and definition of, oh, yeah, I believe you deserve it and you don't. This is what they believe. So I've noticed that the more wealthy someone is, the higher capacity for deserving and well and value and worth around wealth they have, like this thermostat that keeps going up and up and up. Now, how do you increase your own level of deserving? Well, I think you change your, your media influences. I think you change your circle if you're around media and 
if you're around media that is, you know, very um, critical of wealth and money, if you're around people who are very critical of wealth and money and one-sided and only see the downside, um, you know, what are you putting in your mind? I think understanding that everyone is deserving of wealth and riches. I think everything that a human being can be, do and have, every human being deserves to be, do and have. And so I think if you have a universal um, belief of people, then you can transmute that into what you deserve and believe. Um, well, I think when you believe in humanity, you can believe in yourself. If anyone can do it, you can do it. If anyone is worthy of riches, so are you. And I think that that really helps. Um, and you will give money away in the form of extreme altruism or extreme consumerism if you don't increase your deserving and worth around money. Okay, and then the final eighth, uh, unblocker of wealth. And then I'll do a summary because I'm told that these summaries are useful. Um, and if you found this content useful, by the way, please, could you share it? Because I am on a mission, as you know, my vision is to help as many people on the planet start and scale their business and get a better financial education. Um, my foundation, the Rob Moore Foundation, wants to help people who are maybe more um, challenged or have had a harder upbringing um, or, or, or younger, you know, or have got uh, difficulties. So um, whilst I'll, ha I'll help anyone, um, people on a mission, people who are inspired, people who've got a great story, people who want to change the world. Um, these are the people I want to help with my Rob Moore Foundation. Um, so if you know anyone who could benefit from this content on my money podcast, please share it around. I'm not asking for any money. I believe my money will flow from the value that I create. Um, Kent has just said here, I am his financial advisor. Um, so that's great. So thank you, Kent. And thank you for all the kind words and messages I've had. I'm very grateful. All right, then. So the eighth unblock of worth is controlling your environment, which I referred to in the last point. So who do you hang around with? Are they millionaires or zero heirs? Um, you know, what is impressioning your mind and your mindset? You know, where are you taking your information, education and inspiration? What are your external influences? Um, what podcasts do you listen to? What books do you read? Um, you know, what is the, the political environment and belief that you're in? Who are the, the key people around you? Because generally people tend to rise and to meet the level of their peer group or the information that they put in their mind. So if I scrolled through all your podcasts and saw that a lot of them were about money and wealth building and business and entrepreneurship, that tells me that you value that and where energy, where, where focus goes, energy flows and results show. Um, so, you know, what, what are you surrounding yourself in your environment by? Uh, and if you want to increase your wealth, then you need to change that environment and be influenced by people who have mastered wealth or are continuing to master wealth. Great. So uh, let's summarize then the eight main blockages to wealth and how you can unblock them. The first is um, overcoming short termism, get rich quick, uh, gimmicky distraction, overwhelm. Um, and having a long-term, non-gimmicky wealth-building strategy, having a clear vision, a mission towards it with certainty and clarity and a business model that can make you um, wealthy. Um, number two is managing your money emotions and not having guilt and shame and, um, you know, um, get-rich-quick or instant-fix emotions and not using money to manage your emotions, but managing your emotions yourself um, so that you control your money. Um, number three is... I'll give you an example of that, by the way. You know, people who are maybe not happy with the way they look, how will they spend their money? They will spend their money with fillers in their cheeks, on their lips. They will get their eyebrows tattooed. They will have Botox. They will have 
facelifts and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the worse they feel about themselves, the bigger the void in terms of how they feel about how they look, the more they'll pour money in it to try and fill that void. But that void is empty. That void's got a hole in it. That void will never fill because no matter what you do, you can never change about how you feel about yourself unless you change it from within and not without. And so there's many areas of people's lives where they have voids and emptiness. And so they're spending their money trying to fill that void. But you have to go and fill the void yourself, not with money. Money will never fill that void. Okay, the third thing is to have a high value and focus on asset and wealth building and actually want to spend your time and invest your knowledge and skills in investing in assets that create residual income um, and, you know, and having a diverse wealth strategy with low, medium and, and high risk investments and, and, you know, and saving well and spending well and um, knowing the difference between an asset and a liability and um, managing your money well. The fourth thing is having an automated, structured process of managing your money. So it takes your emotions and behaviors and flippant decisions and actions out of the equation. So direct debits, save and never touch accounts, money bucketing system, all of which are covered on my book, Money. The fifth one is to learn to love and understand the true nature of money, take away humanity's um, imposed um, values and ethics and morals because money has no values and ethics and morals. It only has the values, ethics and morals that the individual places on money because every single individual on the planet is different with a different set of values, ethics and morals. Therefore, um, money can't be a universal de- definition other than what it is. Um, and what it is is a universal exchange of value. So, you know, you can control the values, ethics and morals that you place upon money. You could take 20 pounds or someone could take 20 pounds, buy a magazine of 20 bullets and go and shoot 20 innocent kids in a school. Or someone could take 20 pounds and um, feed maybe 20 people for 20 days in the developing world. Money is money. Money is the enabler, the leverager, the tool. Um, so just use it as an enabler, a leverager and a tool. Money will tend to make you more of what you already are. Money will tend to exaggerate your existing traits. Okay, number six then is learn to manage your own money and don't give it um, to external people um, because ultimately no one cares about your money as much as you. And if you can learn to manage and master your own money, you'll manage and master your own life probably. Whilst money won't make you happy, it'll give you all the tools and the leverage that creates um, happy experiences and material items. Um, number seven is to increase your level of deserving. Billionaires have a higher level of wealth and deserving around money. So stop shaming and guilting and subordinating and comparing yourselves to others and self-deprecating um, and start loving and owning and honoring who you really are and that you deserve wealth just as much as anybody else and stop giving it away in the fo- form of extreme altruism or extreme consumerism. And then number eight, control your environment, control the people you hang around with, control the books you read, control the podcasts you listen to, control the media that you put, control the places that you go to, the discussions that you have. Um, because you become those things. So thanks for tuning in. If you found this useful, um, then you can listen to, what, 120 plus episodes on money, on my money podcast. Um, You can find that on pretty much any channel. I've got another two billionaires agreed to come on my podcast. So um, that should be interesting. I'm fascinated by... Um, someone asked me about billionaires. Well, a lot of people do. Why so many billionaires, Rob? Why, why are you interested in billionaires? What's better about billionaires? Well, nothing. But here's what I'm interested about billionaires, just so you know. It's not so much the billions. It's who did they have to become to be a billionaire? What did they have to learn to become a billionaire? It's like, you know, who did you have to become to break a world record? Who did you have to become to be the best in the world at something? What did you have to learn? What challenges did you have to, to endure? Um, you know, what was the cost? Um, and that's what fascinates me, because in a way, if there's only a couple of thousand billionaires on the planet, then they're a rare breed. And I love interviewing and speaking to rare breeds because we can learn something from them if we want to become our own rare breed. Um, 
I've got the book Money, which is, I think, one of the, the most successful books on money in the UK over the last three years or so, according to my publisher. Um, and then my foundation, the Rob Moore Foundation, if you want to get involved in any way, you can just search my website, robmoore.com. I love you all. You're legends. Thanks for following my work. Um, remember to start now and get perfect later. And if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And if you wouldn't mind sharing this around, whether it's the podcast that you link to on your social media or you just share the video, um, because I'm just really looking to help as many people on the planet as I can. That includes you. And I have faith that my fair exchange will be good in return. Thanks a lot.